this thing made me a lot of money. This camp was actually really lucrative. Come to find out that was a major NCAA violation because you can't use your, your name like and likeness to benefit, you know, 20 years ago. So they shut my entire business down. My operation was gone, but I still got one summer in, but I was hooked to the business size of sports. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there, and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast. This is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to own your career, turn up the volume, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. If you're a first-time listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and after you listen to the show, we'd love for you to give us a rating and a little bit of feedback in the comments. I am super excited for today's show because we have the amazing Koshe Irby, who is the CMO and SVP of Business Development and Consumer Events for the Professional Bull Riders Association. Now, I met Koshe when I was speaking last month at the International Ticketing Association Conference, and he just blew me away. Now, for those of you who took our Lead With Your Brand Challenge earlier this year, and by the way, if you still want to do so, just go to leadwithyourbrand.com where you can get all of the toolkits and the worksheets, you know one of the things that we talked about was all about your brand filter. And that brand filter is really taking your attributes and those values and statements and tailwinds that drive you forward and operationalizing them into your signature projects. How can you make those things repeatable? Now, I want you to start thinking about how you can put your fingerprints all around projects, whether or not they're your favorite project. Because I know it's easy to put your DNA and thumbprints all over those things that you love. But the real challenge is how do you make those repeatable to anything you are assigned? Now, let me give you a great example here. I always talk about in my brand that I show up as a showman and a storyteller and a super connected and an advocate, and a first mover, and a jet setter. Well, those are all great, but I'm really measured by how I operate. So your brand filter is all about identifying how you get those terms operationalized as behaviors that are repeatable. So I think about anything that I work on, I'm going to bring elements of show. I'm going to tell stories. I'm going to be a first mover. I have to bring those things in. And that's exactly what I'm doing right here. So when I decided to launch a podcast, 
I'm going to be a little showy in Hollywood and I bring in a lot of people that you you know or are behind the scenes behind great shows and live events and sports teams and the like. Now, I also try and be a super connector by connecting you to different concepts. So we do a teach at the beginning of every show. We ask our guests to really apply the things that have happened in their career, their things if they're a marketer, into what you can do every single day. And then I even talk about being an advocate. I don't talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion as a core part of our podcast, but you'll notice I do that by being an advocate of the voices that I bring on the show every single week. So I want you to start thinking about what your brand filter is, because it's a lot more than just the way that you dress or the way that your office is set up. And by the way, those first impressions always count. But remember, in the long haul, it's how you operate that truly defines how you lead with your brand. Well, in just a few moments, we will be joined by my guest, Koshay Irby, who is the CMO and SVP of Business Development and Consumer Events for the Professional Bull Riders. Now, he is responsible for all aspects of PBR's consumer marketing and live event efforts. Now, prior to joining PBR, he was the team president of the Memphis Express, and in that role, he oversaw all business functions for the Pro Football Club. Prior to that, he oversaw live event marketing and sales for various domestic and international markets on behalf of WWE. And he's had various senior marketing positions at Georgia State University, St. Louis University, and the University of South Florida. We'll be back in just a few moments with Koshay Irby. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am super excited for our guest. It is Koshay Irby. Koshay, what is going on, man? Uh, you know, just another day of living a dream in somebody else's nightmare. <laughs> well, welcome to COVID world year two, right? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of funny that the, you know, I was one of those that believe, you know, once you you end a year on December the 31st and transition to January the 1st. Everything with that year just kind of dissipated. Didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen, but you're, you know, it is what it is. We're we're 921 and still dealing with some 2020 issues, but that's okay. We we're, we're so drawn. Exactly. Well, hey, listen, I'm so excited to have you on the show because you have this amazing and interesting career and what you do is so awesome. So let me just kick off by asking you, when you meet someone who doesn't know you and isn't familiar with your, you know, association, how do you explain who you are and what you do? Well, it, 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 first off, when I, I say that I work for the professional board riders, First question always, do you ride bulls? And I, I kind of take that as a compliment because, you know, they think that I look athletic enough to ride a bull. But then after <laughs> that, then you go through a whole litany of questions to end up with, 
you don't really look like the cowboy type because majority <laughs> of the times, if you do meet me in a random street setting, I'm probably rocking Jordan jeans, uh, Wrangler or Lululemon type pants, a button down polo, a sweaty or a hoodie and, and a ball cap. And so I do not scream cowboy in any shape, form or fashion. So it leads to a lot of interesting conversations. So it always starts with, you know, what do you do? I'm a CMO for PBR. Wow. You know, uh, how did you get into that? And then it always usually ends with, you don't really look like a cowboy. And so it's, 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 <laughs> I've kind of gotten, gotten used to it now, but it's, it always makes for great banter. So I, I'm so intrigued and wanted to talk to you because you've had this really amazing career in sports and sports marketing, right? On the college and the pro football side, you've been at WWE, now professional bull riders. When you think back over your career, what have been some of the biggest breakthrough moments for you? Oh, man. I mean, for me, it's, it's been a lot because I think that if you look at my resume, you look at every job I've ever taken – there's always some grandiose opportunity wrapped into that job. And, and so, you know, for example, I went to, I took a job with, with, with St. Louis University. And at that time, we were building Schaefer's Arena, which is a new basketball arena downtown. So I got a chance to design pretty much all the, the, the customer features or customer forward-facing features in that building to, to specs that I thought were right at the time. And then I go back to this day, which is what, like, I don't know, 15 years later, the building is still utilizing some of those plans. And so that that's one of those things. And then I go to the University of South Florida and they were launching their football program into the Big East Conference. And so that first Big East game was like, whoa, we're in the big leagues. And then I leave there to go to Georgia State where they were just building the, pro, the football program from scratch. So in 2010, on, on September 2nd, 2010, when we run out of the tunnel for the first time in front of 40 some odd thousand fans, that's something that, you know, was there. And then, you know, I go to WWE and every WrestleMania or every major pay-per-view or, I you know, I led an event in, uh, you know, in uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And, I'm sorry, Riyadh uh, uh, in Saudi. And, 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 and so when you start to look at all of these things and these large events, you know, I got a chance to work for the Final Four. I got a chance to work for the College Cup and, and the Super Bowl and all of these things. There is no there is no one thing because all of them at that point in that specific time when I was in the moment was the most precious thing that I could I, I could be doing at that time. And unfortunately, in this business, I'm kind of an addict because now I'm just constantly <laughs> chasing that feeling again. And so now, you know, I'm at PBR and I'm just trying to find that. Holy crap. This is one of those moments where I can honestly say that only a select few of people in the world at that time is experiencing. And I take pride in that. And I try to relish the moment. So, you know, long answer to a short question. I really don't have like that one special moment that jumps out. I think that the moment for me was, was never uh, having to fear to say yes to an opportunity and, and then fully accepting and embracing the challenges and opportunities that come with that is, 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 is going to be in, you know, in the, the, the experiences that, that come with saying yes to, hey, you want to go and, you know, you know, you want to leave college athletics, a safe state job. I could have retired and yeah. I'm going to go tour the world and live on the road 300 nights a year and 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 be away from my family and and, and go into to, to some areas that I would never go into and and, and be, you know, and, and deal with those things. Yeah. 
hey, you want to now leave this this comfortable scenario where I've built a great little scenario, you know, situation for myself with WWE to do a startup football league? Yeah. And oh, you now want to leave the startup football league. Granted, a part of that was because we, you know, we ran out of some funding, but now you want to go and work with Cowboys bucking bulls? Yeah. <laughs> and every one of those has allowed for me to have some great opportunities. So I guess that's, you know, for me, it's just the the highlight for me is never saying no. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you how do you never say no when there is so much risk? Because so many people ask me, they say, well, I'd love to do that, but I can't risk my family or I can't risk my income or I can't risk trying something new. What has gotten you past that, Koshay? Because I've seen, you know, part of my story is I'm, I'm raised by a single mom. My mom had me when she was 16 years old. And, and so I and, and, and kind of coming up in that scenario, I've seen what rock bottom looks like. And I'm not mm-hmm. afraid of that. Right. Like, 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 you know, at the end of the day, we, we make our slave, we make ourselves slaves to certain jobs because of that fear of I, I, I got to have that security blanket. And I've just I've just always been the type that I have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I'm too lazy to start my own business. So <laughs> so it, it kind of worked out for me where all the opportunities that came my way allow for me to still bet on myself to make that opportunity work. And, and, and I'm just I'm confident enough in myself to say that I'm going to make it work. And I have, you know, and if it doesn't, I will still figure out a way. I just have that mindset. And I got that from my mom where, you know, she has two young boys. She's, you know, 16 at the time. You know, she's sophomore in high school, has a baby and and, and still figured out a way for at least me to make it to, to, to 40 plus. So she did something right with that perseverance. And I think that I, I, I adopted that from her. And I just really believe that no matter what I'm going to endure, uh, I'm still going to come out on the other side. And, and, and so it's just it's, it's that simple for me. Uh, I don't try to make this too difficult. Or, or too complicated. I, I believe in me. I believe in my abilities. I believe that if it doesn't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. But I, I'm just a fiend for those opportunities that everybody just can't do. And so that allows me to say yes to some situations where everybody's like, you're crazy. And I take pride in that. Well, hats off to your mom and all of those great moms. Uh, True Great that, moms man. out there, right? Moms rock. <laughs> well, now, you said that people people ask you if you're a bull rider. Well, obviously, you're an athletic guy. You, you started in sports as a player. Right. So how did you move from being a player to really being on the business side of sports? <laughs> Randomly enough, I'll tell you this story, and it's probably going to get me in so much trouble. So... <laughs> So I'm at I'm at I'm at the University of Memphis. I'm playing football, and, and I never forget we were going into the spring football season, and we had all the scouts come, and they were you know we're going through our quote unquote combine. I ran the forty, ran a great time at the forty, had a great vertical jump. Everything was you know from a testing standpoint, I had all the physical t- skills to go on to the next level. However. I just didn't have that heart, right? It's like, I uh, really don't want to, you know, I'm kinda, I love football, but I kind of just think I want to do some other things. So long, you know, I get into this where I'm like, but I want to teach people how to play the game. So I get into this business where I launch Koshe Irby Fit Kids Camp. And, and so this whole thing was a crack up. But uh, so so basically I went to a lot of these middle schools where, these these overzealous parents are trying to get their kids the upper hand and 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 physical training and whatnot, 
And so I said, I will have a specialized camp for your kid that are going to learn from some of the best in the business. So I signed up track. I signed up strength training. I signed up football, basketball. I signed up golf. And so I had all these kids are going to come to Coach Every Fit Kids Camp to get this training. So then I go and get student athlete friends who who are the best in their sports with a cross country person. I paid them to go lead my cross country camp. I paid a strength coach to go do this. I held all of this at the University of Memphis campus. And so we, 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 this thing made me a lot of money. This camp was actually really lucrative. Come <laughs> to find out that was a major NCAA violation because you can't use your, your name like and likeness to benefit, you know, 20 years ago. Now today with the NLI, they can do a lot of different yeah. things, but back then they couldn't. So they shut my entire business down. My operation was gone, but I still got one summer in, but I was hooked to the business size of sports. And so long story short, I ended up, I, I graduated from uh, the University of Memphis, my MBA, and I had about four job offers, AutoZone, FedEx, International Paper, and this crazy thing called Conference USA in Chicago. The rest of those jobs put me in a management training program that has set me up to have lucrative offers. Conference USA was paying like $15,000 for the year, <laughs> right? And I had to go live in Chicago, which if you've ever lived there, is not cheap. And, you know, it, it kind of started this whole thing of, well, when, when, when it kind of diverges in the road, go straight. I went straight, man, and took that path where it was the less, you know, it was the less traverse path. I went to Conference USA, fell in love, fell in love with sports marketing and the idea of putting on events and generating content as a result. And it just stuck with me ever since. I, I left there to then go to Dell Computer Corp. I worked at Dell as an analyst for about a year. But and, and our team made a ton of money. Like we made, and my it might have been like thirty million dollars that year, paled in comparison to what Michael Dell made in like you know <laughs> four or five billion. So when you start looking at that, and I also hated the fact that I was two five six six one, which is my employee number. So I immediately got back into sports, St. Louis, and then I've been in sports entertainment in some shape, form, or fashion ever since. That's amazing. So, Koshay, tell me, how would you describe your executive brand? Risk taker, aggressive, and innovative, right? You, you got to look at, I, I design my, I, I, my, my brand is basically built on always coming into either a turnaround situation or a startup situation. So, you know, I've never really inherited like, you know, this finely tuned machine that you just got to manage. There's always something that you got to come in and hustle and make things happen. So the creative aspect, innovation um, are two things that I've kind of built my brand on. If you bring me in, you know, be prepared for a change agent that's going to try to make, uh, you know, I live by the motto when it comes to a lot of jobs, leave it better than you found it. And so I I strive to go in and make everything better. I'm not trying to come in and do wholesale changes or or let it lead by ego. I let, you know, statistics and data lead my, my, my decisions. However, the goal is to try to leave it better than you found it. And that's going to sometimes, you know, require you to break some eggs every now and again, and then innovation and creativity and trying to get you to the other side. So I would say innovation, creativity would be two things that define me and, 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 you know, kind of a turnaround and a startup guy. I'm getting too old to be a startup guy. So I kind of like to go in for the turnups, turnarounds, but, but yeah, that's kind of where we are at this point. And I love how you really identify that whole piece around turnaround and startup, because it seems that that's been your clarity on that has really helped guide you in your career moves. Right. I'll be bored if I inherited, you know, you know, if I, for example, 
you know, let's just say I go work for in college. I, I go to oversee ticket sales for the University of, 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 of Alabama with Nick Saban as the head coach. Me and you can go into the middle of that stadium and play catch and 40,000 people are going to wonder why the lights are on and they're going to show up and pay to get in. So I'm not saying that, that what they're doing is not hard. It's just not not what what motivates me. I really, truly am attracted to challenging situations, you know, like a WWE when it's like, hey, we're going to drop you in the middle of, of Jeddah, Saudi, you know, you, you got to go figure this out in Jeddah and get this up. Or we're going to drop you in the middle of, of Brisbane or Melbourne, or we're going to ship you over to London to figure it out. I thrive on those type of situations. I love that. I love going into the unknown and trying to figure it out. And, and once I realized that that was the thing that made me tick and that was the the feeling that I, I, I that void I need to consistently keep filling, it allowed for me to pick opportunities more carefully, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you, you know, which side of the fence you're on. It also led me to, once again, some of the more riskier propositions for that reason, because that's what I chase. Yeah. And how have you evolved your brand over time, right? Now you're a CMO. Back then you were, you know, roll up your sleeves, you know, pounding, pounding the pavement and, and the phones. How have you refined that brand to be an executive leader now? Well, you know, as you, as you climb up through the ranks, and, and, and like I said, I, I, I became the door to now kind of the overseer, for lack of a better term. You know, I, I have now turned my work ethic or, or risk-taking ability into philosophies that I can now spread across multiple people. I think that, and that's one of the hardest transitions I had to make, right? Because it's easy for someone that was a go-getter, and I like to define myself as a go-getter, to easily say, just move out of the way, I'll do it, because it's typically what I've done. To now, I have to trust others and make sure that I, I instill in them the vision and the course to do it. You know, prime example, you know, I, I'm big on acronyms. You hear me use them all the time, and I try to use them <laughs> to simplify, because I'm a slow guy. I got to remember things in, in certain ways. But- one of the things that I, I had to transition from being a doer to a leader is, is it's the three P's. And, and my goal now, my role now is to set the pace, the parameters and the priorities. And, and, and that's, I got to live within that, that, that mantra. I got to live within that, that, that set of, of protocols that I'm setting myself. My goal for my team is to wake up every day and set the pace. And, and, and that pace is going to be a frantic, consistent pace. Uh, I got to set the parameters. We won't break rules. We're not trying to, you know, break laws. We're going to do everything by the book. But then I got to set the priorities because what are we trying to get to? What's the end game? And then I just got to consistently keep managing that machine and those philosophies to get us to the end game and 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 be trusting and 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 understanding that I may not do it the exact way that they're doing it. But I got to rely that, you know, what I'm saying is going to hold true and they're going to be good at what they do. And I hire great people and they're going to carry out that function in a way that I would do it. So, yeah, I would think that that was the biggest transition for me was just kind of losing the ability to do it myself. Because once you become an executive and you're overseeing 14, 15 different units of a business, you, you can't do it all. And believe me, I've tried. I've lost <laughs> a lot of sleep trying this. And I just had to, 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 to you know. Fall into the fact that, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest, the biggest hurdle of being a leader is giving up uh, or, or lending yourself to trust. That is one of the hard, and a lot of mentors that I've had, they all shared that with me. Just you're, there's going to be things happening behind your back that are for the betterment of the company, 
but it's not going to be something that you're going to be spearheading or doing. And you got to trust that you put the right team in the right position in order to carry out and, and hit the goal. And that was hard for me to adjust. Now I'm a big proponent of team building and what we're trying to do, but that, that, that was an adjustment. Yeah. And, and what are some of those things that you do daily that keep you in a space of trusting the people that you've hired? I call them every day and tell them to give me a rundown of exactly what they're doing. No, I'm joking. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't try to micromanage like that. I think my daily task consists of making sure that I have a check-in with everybody that either reports up to me or, or is inside of my ecosystem. And, and I can't get everybody every day, but I, I think the number one thing that, that I do candidly is leave my front door open. So that they can come in and always check, always confirm, always make sure they're on on track. And, and, and I have to trust that they will manage up so that I don't have to be that micromanager and manage down. And, and if you hire a bunch of go-getters that can go do it, they're going to do that the right way. Just saying, hey, look, you know, check in when you need something. Otherwise, this is the end goal. This is the time we need it done. I trust that you're going to get it done. If you run into a roadblock. As a leader, my job is to, to, to be a buffer or a barrier or a blocker for any of those hurdles and keep going. So I, I would say the answer to your question is leaving the front door open is, is something that I try to do 24-7, make myself available to my team and, and, and go from there. Hmm. So let, let's talk marketing and, and putting on your, your CMO hat. I mean, you have done marketing consumer events for like really amazing brands, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you do as a marketer when you think about marketing these sports brands that people should be doing for their own personal brand? Once again, I'm a big believer in real I'm sorry, acronyms. And, and one of the acronyms that I, I subscribe to is, is, are you working for real? And what real stands mm. for is, and specifically in the events, but it translates to my personal life as well, revenue, environment, awareness, and loyalty. Every decision that I make is going to have a revenue component to it, is going to have something about the environment that you're going to exist in, is going to have something about the awareness or the notoriety or the public perception of that, and it's going to increase or decrease loyalty. But let's apply this to a personal situation. Mm-hmm. You say you want to go and, and you want to buy a home, right? You want to buy a, a, a home. So the first thing you're going to ask yourself is, once again, is it going to cost me money or make me money? And you can go through all kinds of financial scenarios to get you there. Cool. Two, is it going to create a great environment? So for me and my family, it's just going to create a more conducive environment for us to coexist and live together. Answer to that is yes. Three, and from an awareness standpoint, right, is it going to be, you know, you know, perceived positively or negative? And I don't care about other opinions, but is it going to be something that's going to be viewed as negative? Meaning, are you taking away resources from people that need it? Is this house too big for what you're trying to do or too small in some cases? But you got to ask yourself that for your public, your, your public perception, your public brand, mm-hmm. is this conducive to that? Because if, if I was to go and get like a 14 karat gold toilet bowl in my house, it says something totally different than a guy that just wants to have a decent Jeep Wrangler, a three, four bedroom house, and it fits what I'm trying to do in my lifestyle. We're not overly, you know, uh, braggadocious and we're, we're not necessarily living like, you know, we're not living in the slums per se. Um, it, it's, it's right on brand for me. And then, mm-hmm. and, and then lastly... Is it going to increase loyalty, right? You know, you're going to be in the community for a long time. It's good. You're going to build up a loyal base of fans, a loyal base of friends, 
a lawyer base of associates. You can establish yourself in the community. So you're going to get loyalty to and from that with that community. So you start thinking about that. Something that's a decision, uh, decision of buying a house still filters through, are you working for real or is it working for real? And I use that. So I try to use that in every scenario that I can, because once again, I'm a slow guy from Mississippi. I got to break things down into smaller nuggets. And, and, and it allows for me to, to formulate decisions with a decision tree that can apply across life, whether it's a consumer facing event or a life event that's about to come down the pipe for me. Well, I love that. It is all about keeping it real. And I love that whole notion that you're thinking about your life with your family and in your community as being on brand or off brand, because I think right. a lot of people don't think about that, right? It, dude, you are who you keep. It, you know, you got to live your brand. And, 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 you know, for me, I, I, I strive for that. You know, I, I, I always talk about the, you know, the F's is like fitness, family, fun and finances. And, and once again, I told you and I warned you that I'm an acronym <laughs> guy, but, but fitness, family, uh, 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 fun and finance, right? You know, you look at that. That's kind of how I define me. I'm really into fitness. I'm really into fun really into my family. And then I dive dead, you know, head first into the finance, which is my job and how I define that. And, and it works for me, right? It, it's how to, how to define my life and how to divide my time. And candidly, everybody here, you can only do two at one time. Don't try to do all four. You got to lock in in a moment and try to do them, you know, uh, two at the most two at a time. And so that's kind of the creed I live by. It's worked for me so far. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the professional bull riders because, you know, brands are really measured by what happens in gray skies, not necessarily blue skies. And you have done a lot of really innovative things during gray skies. Can you talk a little bit about how you've really managed the brand via COVID and all of the challenges around that? Well, I mean, one of the things that I did inherit when I came to 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 to, to PBR was the mantra "Be Cowboy," but we, but we really never really defined it, right? You know, we kind of had some, you know, but 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 during COVID, the "Be Cowboy" mantra became our rallying cry, right? We wanted to figure out a way to be cowboy, and this was the perfect time for the PBR and the brand to kind of come together because we now had this marketing cry. That that now became our rallying cry. That then became our slogan. That then became our way of doing business. And when you can have that alignment, everything works. Like it, it just it just everybody's now all of a sudden is humming to the same tune. So you know we like to say, "Be cowboy." It's not about the clothes you wear, the car you drive, or the house you live. If you want to help your fellow man on to a better day, if you're one of those type that'll lower your head and put in a hard day's work, and if you're okay with going into ambiguous situations and saying that you're going to figure out. You're a freaking cowboy. And, and, and we want cowboys in our roster, whether it's going to be tuning in, coming to a live event, or working the event. But, but we, we surround ourselves with cowboys. And we basically took that whole description of cowboy had to be this guy in a hat with boots and a truck, you know, with the rifle in the back to saying, nah, man, a dude rocking Lululemon jeans, a pair of Air Jordan 1s, and a baseball cap is just as much cowboy as as the guy that grew up on the ranch bucking bulls or taming horses or picking fences or whatever it is that they do on the ranch. Granted, I've never been on one, so I don't know all the ins and outs. <laughs> However, we still live by the same code of I want to be a better citizen um, than most. I want to help my fellow man. I'm not afraid of a hard day's work. And I am OK with leaning from the front. I'm OK with that. So as long as we subscribe to that, man, it, it just it just all aligned. And, and 
if you can get a brand that can do that, it's only a few brands that actually, when you think about, you know, I kind of study brands, but it's only a few brands where like when you look at that brand and that icon and it paints a total picture that just not necessarily transactional. For example, the golden arches of McDonald's. It conjures up so much and it's not even about the freaking French fries. Like I, I think of, 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 of guys, this is, I think of first job. I think of real estate. I think of ownership. I think of my, one of the, one of the biggest tools in the minority empower, empowerment is McDonald's giving minor, one of the first to give minorities the opportunity to franchise. I think of Ray Kroc. I think of the slogan of multiplying yourself and collecting residual income. Like everybody else is looking at this and sees, you know, the, 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 uh, the ice cream machine being broken or the fries being super hot. But I see it as a totally different thing. When you start thinking about brands, as a brand <laughs> manager, I am I am right now riding a high cloud because our brand, our culture, our ethos, our mission statement are all in alignment. Mm. So just some final quick questions for you. Speaking of brands, what is your favorite brand as a consumer? What are you obsessed with? What What is your must-have brand? Another one that I'm following tremendously is Peloton. When you look at Peloton, and, and Peloton is creating a, ver- once again, they're taking an old tried and true spin class and saying now, as opposed to offering that one spin class to 25 people, we're going to create this community of people that are all going to rally around the bike and sweat together and, and cry together and work out together. And, and, the, and then they figured out a way to monetize different entry points into their ecosystem, whether it's be, you know through the app or whether it's through buying the bike or the treadmill or whatever you do. So I'm really looking at that because if you really think about what Peloton is doing as a brand right now, they're decentralizing the one thing that used to have everybody connect together in mass congregation and and still offering the exact same experience. And now if Koshe Irby was a type of car, what type of car would you be? Well, after this past year, I beat up jalopy because I'm tired. Of- <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it'd be like uh, I got all kind of dense. My oil is a little low. I'm running on gas fumes. The lime is off a little bit. So that would be. But but if I was to describe myself as a car, I would be, you know, uh, oh, a turbocharged Jeep Wrangler. And finally, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? I would say twofold. One, don't be afraid of the tough path. And, 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 and well, I'm going to give you a couple. Don't be afraid of the tough path, but know that, you know, uh, you know take a job that aligns, you know, in the early stages, take a job that aligns with your interests and your skills more than your passions, because it's just hard to find that passion. It'll come. But I see so many people looking for that passion play immediately in their career that they miss out on ways to build their 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 toolbox to get there. And and and, and lastly, don't be afraid in today's age to be your authentic self. I see so many people conform to what they believe they should be versus being their authentic self. Well, Koshe Irby, thank you so much for bringing your best authentic self and your cowboy energy to the podcast. It was amazing talking to you. Hey, the pleasure was mine. Awesome. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? 
Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Well, all I can say is wow after talking to Koshay Irby. There are so many things. He was like a nugget bomb of great branding and career advice. But you know, that one thing that really stuck out to me was his acronym REAL. Because we talk about bringing your best authentic self to work every single day. And I love that Koshay really operationalizes that into a filter that he calls real, which stands for revenue, environment, awareness, and loyalty. I will tell you, I'm going to start applying that for myself because it's so perfect that it works for business branding as well as your own personal brand, right? How do you weigh what the economic impact is for you? How do you weigh the impact that you have on the environment? And most importantly, when you're thinking about your career audience, what is the awareness that you are building? Are you building a positive awareness? Are you building that halo there? Or are you doing something that is really going to draw you back in terms of headwinds? And finally, it's all about loyalty. It's one thing for people to be aware, but we want your super fans to be loyal, just like amazing super fans of sports teams. Well, that's the show for today. I hope you had a blast. If you liked it, go ahead and hit subscribe. And of course, we would love for you to leave us a rating and give us some feedback in the comments. Make sure to follow me on all social media platforms at at Jason Patria. And check me out on LinkedIn, where I give out tons of lead with your brand tips and tricks. And remember, in your career, don't be a commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand, just like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.